Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Zo, how are you? Oh, it's nice to chat to you. I'm really good. I am really, really good. I love the Friday catch up. It's literally like we're sitting across it, across from one another in a coffee shop drinking. Because I'm always drinking a coffee and you're always <laughs> drinking a coffee. So, <laughs> Exactly. I'm always drinking a coffee or a tea. I'm trying to cut down on my caffeine intake, actually. How many do you have a day? Tea? Um, I think I'm down to about three now, but I was probably on about eight. Are you joking? No. In, like the, in the real thick of lockdown, <laughs> I basically had a cup of tea attached to my hand at all times. At all times. But it's not very good. It's not good for your sleeping. Definitely not. You know, it's also really bad for cellulite. Is it? Um, yeah, because it's a diuretic, it goes straight through you. It basically leaves all the toxins in the top of the skin. So basically, if you if you're getting you know a bit of cellulite in your thighs, I get it. If I up my tea intake, I really really feel it there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's another good reason for me to cut down. I will never. I will never be completely you know rid of tea because it's my favorite thing. But um, I definitely need to cut down. <laughs> Well, cheers to that, because I'm having one now. <laughs> I'm going to go and put the kettle on. Yeah. Yeah, so today we just wanted to chat about feeding. Um, so breastfeeding, bottle feeding, pumping, just in general, how you keep your babies full. Um, it's It seems when you're pregnant, like that would be a really simple thing, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you either breastfeed or you bottle feed, and then that's it. But Looking back and thinking about my journey with feeding both Gigi and Axel, it was never straightforward. Um, none of it was straightforward at all. It was completely the opposite. Um, well, you know, what was that? What did that look like with Luna for you? Um, well, I had it in my head that I wanted to breastfeed with Luna, so that was just that was just how I felt. I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to give it a go. I'm going to see how I get on. I didn't put too much pressure on myself, I think, but I had no idea how hard it was going to be. And I was also a bit, a bit annoyed with myself for not doing more research, but also felt slightly let down that there wasn't more, more information given to me. I guess, um, yeah. Maybe my midwife appointments, or maybe when I went in to have my scan. Like there was just, I mean, there's a load of information online, but I, yeah. for some reason, was a bit blinkered to it. And I don't know whether that's because I don't know. I mean, I always say this: if that breastfeeding volunteer hadn't come into 
um, you know, my room when I was at the hospital with Luna, she she obviously looked through the window and saw me sort of like wrestling around with this baby, like trying to get her to latch on. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And I was like in floods of tears. You know, I was like, I don't know how to do it. And no one's here. And I was on my own because Dozra had gone to get Isla to bring her back. And, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing. And I think what happened to me over the course of those three months was like big, big highs with it and thinking, yes, I'm, I can do this. And then monumental lows where, you know, the pain was so intense. I got mastitis. There were, my nipples were bleeding. It was like toe curling pain the majority of the time. I actually think Luna had a bit of a tongue tie. Um, I took her to go and see the doctor and they said, look, she has got a slight one, but it's not enough to, to do the snippy thing that they do. But um, she wasn't a great feeder. Um, yeah. and, but I remember the first time I gave her a bottle because of the pressure that I put on myself during that, those three months of like, I've got to get this right. I need to keep doing this for her. I just cried. I thought I was letting her down. How ridiculous that that's how we feel. Yeah, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, it's like, it's like, feed your baby. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is. I know exactly. And the thing is as well, even that sometimes isn't straightforward. It's not as simple as just you know, going to the shop, buying some formula and buying a bottle because, you know, it's finding the right bottle and finding the right formula. Um, my experience with Axel is, you know, quite similar to you in the fact that it was really hard. Um, my nipples were really bleeding. I remember pumping um, and there was blood in the, you know, in the bottle of, oh. that I was pumping and it was just, it was awful. And then I, I got really ill. It was after about seven days, I think. I was really ill. I had a really high temperature yeah. um, and it was mastitis. So I had antibiotics um, and then from the antibiotics, Axel came out in a rash all over his cheeks um, from obviously it being passed from my milk to him and I remember the midwife being like it's fine you know it's absolutely fine and the doctor said it's fine you know it'll pass but it just didn't it didn't sit right with me um I was feeling so awful and then I remember uh get, getting a bottle and I think we were using Medela bottles because I'd been pumping and um he hadn't been that settled for those first few days you know that that first week he was never really settled he was quite aggy and stuff and um the mo it was literally like I gave him the bottle and it, it, it he, every, there was silence you know like the the whole house felt so calm and I thought oh my god this this is so much better for me um and so then after that I sort of persevered for a bit with um combination mm -hmm. feeding but he was always so much happier after he'd had um, had a you know a bottle of formula. But it what that wasn't just that wasn't easy because the formula I had to I originally used one formula I think it was Cow and Gate to begin with, and then I switched him on to Aptamil, and then he still had a bit of reflux. So we was experimenting with putting infant Gaviscon in the bottle. So it isn't I think you know a lot of people think that formula feeding is like an easy route and to some extent it can be but you do that there is still some trial and error um so if you're bottle feeding and it's not working or you know it doesn't feel right there you know there are loads of different things that you, you can go through to to get to that where it is right and you've got the right bottles and the right milk and all that kind of stuff I mean I think you and I went through every single bottle under the sun <laughs> we tried every single formula um when I stopped breastfeeding Luna I think I she was on Aptimal for a bit and then that 
I just found that she was getting quite bad gripey pains. She was bringing her knees in a lot. And she had, you know, it's, you, you can see that they're in pain with it. And it's, she had, you know, she was a bit colicky and a little bit of reflux probably on reflection, not nowhere near as bad as kits. But um, eventually I got her onto goat's milk. Yeah, so I think um, with cows, with cow's milk and with goat's milk, they've got obviously the same animal protein in it. But with goat's milk, it's just much easier to digest on their little tummies. So it was a lot kind of softer and calmer for her, basically. Yeah, I think with Gigi it was similar. She'd been breastfed for like three months. Um, and in those three months, I had tried to introduce a bottle and formula, you know, at various points, just because I was aware that I wanted to be able to go out and I wanted to be able to come in and record the podcast yeah. and not always have to bring her with me. Um, I sort of had that in the back of my mind that I still wanted some independence. Yeah. Um, and she wouldn't take formula. Um, she would only take breast milk so she would only take my pumped milk and that was fine for a while but I knew you know that I wanted to get to a stage where she would take it and that was trial and error and I actually discovered similarly to Luna that she would only take the pre-made formula do you remember that yeah. like yeah. she would only take hip organic pre-made formula and every time I tried to introduce the powder she would refuse the bottle like yeah. batting it out batting it away wouldn't drink it and obviously Obviously, she was quite little in comparison to Axel, and when they are a little on you know on the smaller side, you really feel the pressure for them cool. to drink their yep. milk. Yeah, um, and I certainly did. I took her to the doctor, and the doctor was sort of saying, "You need to, you know, you need to make sure that she's drinking because she's." at that line where if she drops below, it, it's not, it's not great. Mm. Um, and I spoke to Alison Scott Wright and we tried to put her on near Kate. She refused that. Um, and it all came down to the fact that the only thing that she could digest was the pre-made. Mm. And it is way more expensive and it was so annoying yeah. like, that we had to do that. Princess Gigi. Princess Gigi. And that has continued. Um, but yeah, I, I could never give her powder until she was what? eight months something like that she wouldn't take powder um but we just you just have to do what works for you don't you yeah and I think you don't and don't be frightened to mix things up a little bit like like we've, like we've been saying don't be scared to if you are thinking about moving your baby onto formula don't be frightened to kind of try one out and see that see you know look for the signs and are they digesting it and you know are they comfortable on it are they settled on it if not kind of maybe do some more investigating if you are breastfeeding and you want to continue with your journey but you're going through a really really hard patch really if, if you're determined to do it and that's what you want to do amazing keep going because people say that they they can spend six months with you know ups and downs highs and lows and then they say that they find their flow with it and then they're breastfeeding until their child's 18 months two years old you know we hear those amazing stories that it just clicks so I think with everything a breast or bottle you've got to persevere and you know keep, keep going with your decision basically yeah absolutely um, well, should we get into the Q&A yes definitely um, this first question, I think we hear so much, um, yep. and it's all to do with you know going back to work. So, a bit worried about leaving one year old with her nan when I go back to work. She's breastfed. Any tips? Well, it's hard not having any more information. But are you planning on you know getting her off the breast? before you go back to work because otherwise how will that work will you pump and put the breast milk in a bottle and you're trying to get her onto a bottle I think we need a bit more information do you yeah no absolutely and obviously she's one as well so she would 
I don't know, I get, I'm guessing that she might be fully established onto solids now. Um, so then the breast milk is a bit less important. So maybe it's just a morning and an evening thing. Um, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's more about the connection here. So maybe it's more about her feeling uneasy about, you know, leaving baby with her mom or her mother-in-law. Um, and I think the only thing I can tell you is that it's brutal for the first couple of weeks, couple of months. And I really did feel it. I remember the first time that I left Luna to come down to work and I just cry I say the first time it happened for about I don't know three weeks I just cried and cried and cried and cried I had this ache in my heart I thought it was going to burst out it was just awful leaving her awful but eventually you find a new flow with it so I think you have to have confidence in your decision you are absolutely entitled to go back to work enjoy it while you're there and just when you come back home make sure that you're spending you know the time that you need with with your baby yeah exactly also yeah just as Zoe said that it will pass and time is a healer and it yeah. does get so much easier what are your thoughts on having a glass of wine and breastfeeding <laughs> I mean I think it's fine do you yeah, I think it's absolutely fine <laughs> I do some people are really anti it and that is absolutely fine as well but Georgia and I have been regularly breastfeeding with a glass of wine in our hands yeah I mean we're not doctors and we're not medical but it's never been an, an issue for us. Um, obviously, you don't you know you're not getting completely wasted or anything like that. But yeah, a glass you know a glass of wine here and there while you're breastfeeding, I'm sure is absolutely fine. You need to check the government guidelines on it. Like Georgia and I will say that that obviously like she said we're not medical. I'm not sure what the guidelines say, but we have always done it, and our children are fine. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Um. Once they're a year old, would you give cow's milk before bed? I personally do now. Yeah, Gigi has cow's milk before she goes to bed and she also has it in the morning. Um, Why do you give cow's milk? Um, just because I tried loads of different milks. I mean, I, I, I sort of was unsure how we were going to transition from formula to another milk. Um, and I tried various different milks. And the only <laughs> the only thing that I found she would drink was frothed cow's milk. And that was completely fluke because I was frothing some milk for my coffee. And she was pointing at it going, nah, nah, you know, like pointing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, maybe this is the answer. Maybe I'll just give her this. And she drank it. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. That, that's where, that's where I'm at. Jennifer Lopez. What <laughs> I am like... It's so particular. <laughs> She's particular. Um, I think that there's, there's no right answer to this question, actually, because no. whatever your views are, some people have very strong views on cow's milk. They... They don't like it. They don't like what it does to the digestive system. You know, there are reports, you know, we are the only other mammal that drinks another mammal's milk. Um, so there is something to be said about that, that it can be quite mucousy. Other people will argue that it's a great source of, of calcium and that babies need it for strong bones and growing. And that's what we've always done. Um, we don't have cow's milk in our house. So and I did a lot of investigating with this, actually, for Kit's eczema. Weirdly, the oat milk was bringing him out in a rash on his legs. So I switched yeah. from oat to soya. Now, lots of people messaged me going, wow, really? Oats milk's amazing. And it is. I drink oat milk, but it didn't, yeah, it didn't I do. work for Kit. So I think if you're going to use an, an alternative milk, you need to really do your research on it. I mean, um, oat milk, soya milk, almond milk, any of the nut milks, like um, cashew milk is supposed to be absolutely incredible. Plenish, yeah. really amazing range. I love the plenish milks. So you've just got to make sure that they're low in sugars. Um, so yeah, it's it's up to you. There's loads of different alts out there now. 
Yeah, just to add to that as well, we had a bit of an eczema journey with Axel. He always sort of had it. It was never severe. It was just, you know, occasionally it would flare up. And, we, you know, we went through washing powders and different um, lotions and potions and everything. And actually, we realised when he cut out his bottle, because that was the only time he would have cow's milk. He never had it any other time. When he cut out having that at night, which was just before Gigi was born, um we'd always give him oat milk in his porridge like in the morning that was his only you know big bit of cow's milk his eczema has gone completely he doesn't have rough skin anymore um and that wasn't on purpose that's just something we've observed over the last you know the last six months or whatever we've just noticed oh god his skin feels really smooth now and that's the only thing that we've changed so I would say like if you know your child suffers with eczema or even just rough skin it might be worth thinking about an alternative milk Yeah. yeah Agreed. Oh, um, um, father-in-law feels awkward when I breastfeed in front of him and leaves the room. Oh, this makes me angry. Um, this, look, I guess you cannot, you cannot control how somebody else is going to feel. But for me, anybody, he's probably, he's probably, it's probably a generational thing. He's not used to seeing it. So like you have to kind of think, well, actually it's probably his age and that, you know, nobody's ever done it in front of him before and he doesn't want to he might be thinking he doesn't want to embarrass you if it was because of the sort of person that I am I would just have a conversation with him maybe when you're not breastfeeding when you've got baby in your hands and just say listen you leaving the room is making me feel a little bit uncomfortable so can we just have a chat about it I'm breastfeeding I'm really comfortable with it you know um can you be comfortable with it too that that is how I would handle it but that's me yeah do you know what I didn't have it with my father-in-law but I had it with my dad um yeah no he was uncomfortable I think we were both uncomfortable about it um him being in the room I don't know why again like I don't know I guess it was a generational thing yeah but I would just um be in the same way like I would when I was out almost so like I'd maybe just cover up a little bit more like that was all just so that we were both comfortable I don't know I don't know why um I think it's quite common though um so yeah you just have to do what you feel comfortable with and and just chat about it like we laughed about it I, I'd put like a vase of flowers in front of me and I'd be like oh dad are you all right now like is, is that okay yeah, yeah. And that's, um, that's your father I think when it's your father-in-law it's like a little bit more but you know it, those conversations and those jokes can be a bit well, a bit more difficult, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's all communication, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, next one. How to deal with a bottle refuser? Oh, well, I can really, really relate to this one because it happened with Kit. Luna took the bottle straight away, no issues. Kit, however, was a boob, a boob lover and all he wanted was my my breast. So it was very difficult and... I had a big work thing going on, a big work thing and a big holiday at 10 weeks that I wanted to go to. Um, and I knew I had that in my head. I was like, I've got to get him onto a bottle uncomfortable before I go to Greece for four days. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was like, okay, I think the first tip is, and they always say this, that if if you go out of the house or go out of the room into a different room up to your bedroom and get your partner or a friend or a mother or a father, whoever it is, someone else to give the baby the bottle. and Because if you can do it, they can smell the breast milk on you I think yeah. that's the first one and even if you're in the same room they can as well so yeah it is yeah. you have you, you, yeah you have to be out of the room for um, sure. the second one I think is trying 
various different bottles because depending on baby's shape of mouth they can find some bottles quite big if they're little they need a smaller teat um, and I think so just keep mixing up your bottles and I think three third one is doing it at exactly the same time of day every single day so if you decide to do introducing a, b- a bottle at night time then you do it at the 7 or the 6 30 p.m feed and you just keep doing it at the same time every single night yeah and also just one more thing they always say when you introduce something it shouldn't be when they're really hungry or overtired so yeah like Zoe said maybe that's 6 30 feed I don't know how old how old the baby is but my my two used to have had a little nap before their bath and then so then they wouldn't be exhausted you know exhausted and overtired going to bed um so that can always be a good time when it's calm and a bit darker and all of that kind of stuff um but yeah it's perseverance isn't it big time we'll be right back after the short break Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? Hello to Frida. Uh, can you overfeed your baby, a hungry 11-month-old over here? Gosh. I don't think so, Georgia. What do you think? No, I really don't. Um, there's a lot of research that says that kids don't have that emotion of like, uh, you know, the overeating emotion when they're really young. You know, we can often, if we're stressed, overeat or, you know, reach for certain things, depending on our you know our moods whereas kids eat when they're hungry and drink when they're thirsty right so I think yeah I mean I personally I don't I don't think you can Mm, and I also think um obviously at 11 months they're kind of settled into their weaning journey as well so actually I think always offering um having water I think some people kind of forget about that because sometimes as adults as well you you eat because you're actually thirsty so if there's always Mm. a a beaker of water there that can sometimes help but I I just think at that age you know they take what they want they they need the nutrients they're growing they go through a massive growth spurt between 10 months and um kind of 14 months so yeah I think we think no yeah, I think you're doing an amazing job, Frida. Keep cracking on with it. Absolutely. Um, any advice on dream feeding? What age do we stop? Baby is five months but still wakes in the night. I did a dream feed with Axel for, no, five months it was. Five months I did a dream with, feed with Axel. And for Gigi, I didn't do one. Um, and there's so much research both ways, isn't there? There's the lots of 
sleep experts will tell you a dream feed is essential in getting them to sleep through those hours because their tummy's hungry, um, so their tummy's full. And others will tell you that by doing a dream feed, you're waking up their digestive system. And um, so meaning that they're more likely to wake in the night. And for Gigi, that was definitely true. When I stopped those late feeds, she just slept through. Um, for Axel, it was the you know, it was the opposite. Um, I don't he would wake up at that time, um, you know, around eleven o'clock. So if I didn't give him, him a dream feed, then he wouldn't have gone all the way through. So um, I think it's if something's working for you, you know, like if if something's working, then I. I'm always of the thought of don't change it. We and you did it quite similarly, didn't we? So with our firsts, we both dream fed. So Luna yeah. and Axel both had a dream feed at 11 o'clock, but we didn't do it with Kit and Gigi at all. And they both slept through earlier. So yeah. I mean, my advice to you, because she's obviously thinking about or wants to stop um, dream feeding, I, I think you've got to get it in your head that at five months old, they don't actually need any milk in the night. They don't need yeah. it. They don't, I mean, we're told that by the sleep experts and the feeding experts all the time. Apparently, they should be able to kind of go that long. They might wake up, but they can go that long without food at five months old. Uh, sorry, without yeah. food at five months old. Because some babies, are, you know, you can start weaning them around five, five and a half months now anyway. Um, exactly. So my advice to you would just be go for it. Let them sleep. See what time they wake up. You might have a, a you know, a week or a two week where they wake up and they're kind of crying out. And you might need to go in and kind of try and settle them and stuff. But hopefully after that... They'll just get yeah. used to their new way of doing things. Absolutely. And when you make any kind of change, I think, in the routine or the feeding pattern, it's always worth bearing in mind that you need to give it, you know, a good few days to a week for it to settle in and you to know whether it works for you or not. Um, advice for non-dairy formula, CMPA in the family, breastfed baby showing all symptoms. Oh, I feel you. Um my advice would be, having gone through that, is to go and speak to your doctor straight away. Um, and the, the, I mean, we we tried one before we got to Neocate, but eventually Neocate is the was the only formula that worked because it's completely dairy free. Um, and then obviously you've just you know if you do have um, CMPA allergy, you need to go and have all the tests done. We went to the Royal Surrey, and Kit came back with dairy and egg allergy. So yeah, this, it's going to be an interesting journey for you. But I think if your baby's showing symptoms, you want to kind of introduce a formula that's completely dairy free as soon as possible. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, combining bottle and breast milk or switching from breast only to combi feeding. Um, I think we, we, we both combination fed, didn't we? we um, I, I think all of ours, we, we sort of did that. Um, and if it's something that you, you know, you want to do the earlier you do it and the less, the less up against it you are for that to happen, the better. I think in any situation, if you've got pressure on you, like you said, Zoe, when you was trying to get Kit to take a bottle, because you knew in your head, you had that time where it had to happen. Um, it's, it never seems to go as you know smooth as you want it to so if if you have got sort of a, a day in mind you're going back to work or you know you're going on a holiday or whatever and that's why you want a combination feed um, and or switch to a bottle then give it as much time as you possibly can to ease ease into it um for sure you know just switching to a you know one formula feed every day and then building it up um yeah slowly slowly yeah yeah definitely 
Um, so this is Laura. Hello to you. Uh, 10 month old should be cutting down on his milk, but he still finishes all of his bottles and he eats well. Well, I think Laura, you've like, you've answered your own question. I don't, yeah, all finishing his bottles, but he eats really well at the same time. You don't need to worry about it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much pressure on us. And there's people saying that you should be doing this and you should be doing that. If it gets to the point where he's, um, not eating his food yeah. and just drinking the milk, then you can think about, oh, well, you know, I remember a time with Kit where it was like we had to drop that morning bottle because he wasn't eating his breakfast. Yeah. And, it, and, and I knew that at that point I wanted him to eat his, his toast or his avocado on toast. He doesn't eat that anymore. Um, or, or his porridge or whatever. And I just knew that we had to get to that point. So I just dropped the morning bottle. And actually dropping the morning bottle meant he slept a bit later because he wasn't waking up for a bottle and he would finish his breakfast. So you've just got to yeah. look at what's going on. But I think at the moment it sounds like it's working. Yeah, exactly. I've got a friend whose little boy is almost two and he's still having, I think, four bottles of milk every day and he eats three meals a day. But he's a big boy and, you know, it's working for her. And she always says it to me, but Gigi's having less than he is. And I think, well, yeah, yeah, but if Gigi wanted more, I would, you know, I'd happily give it to her. Um so yeah, I think yeah, it sounds like everything's working well. So I wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 why does no one tell you how much breastfeeding hurts? Yes, I don't know. I think because some people it doesn't hurt them, and so yeah. and then we talk about it. We tell you how much it hurts. But yeah, I think more people need to be more honest, and I think this goes back to. Firstly, the way the media kind of sometimes portray breastfeeding and that whole kind of breastfeeding in public thing. And, you know, there's some women that find it very easy. There's a lot of women that are in pain every single time they do it. There's so much around the subject. Um, I think we need to normalize breastfeeding. I think Mylene Class is doing a fantastic job at the moment where she's like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. There's no, sh you know, I'm doing a fucking brilliant job. I'm I'm absolutely smashing it and I'm going to get my boobs out wherever. I think people like that need to, to use their platforms to speak out a bit more. But at the same time as her sort of saying, yes, this is great and I've really got my head around it. We need people saying, yeah, I actually had a really tough journey with it and everything hurt when I was breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree. <sighs> When I did sort of those NCT classes, never, not while, there was no mention of sore nipples, of bleeding nipples, of how pain, I mean, it's excruciating pain sometimes. There was no, no, nothing about that. And I think you instantly think you're doing it wrong if you're getting um that you know that that pain and you know sometimes you, maybe you are and that the, the latch isn't right but so often you hear of mums who it has been like that at the start and then they go on to have you know m months or years of breastfeeding and no pain um so yeah I think that's what we've got to do isn't it we just have to talk about everything the good the good and the bad because you know the more knowledge we have the you know the more equipped we are so absolutely we will always talk about that we will so this is going to be our last question did anyone make you feel guilty when you switched the bottle from becca no, if anyone becca, if anyone makes you feel guilty you could just flick them the birdie like <laughs> absolutely not and even if I if, if even if somebody said it I'm not listening to that don't it's all crap that everybody else puts onto you you are doing an amazing job however you're feeding your baby Georgia and I believe that fed is best 
okay? Yeah. Absolutely. On it. yeah. To answer your question, nobody made me feel guilty, but if I'd heard a squeak of it, I would have stamped it right out. Georgia? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, no, I, no one made me feel guilty for sure about um, switching to the bottle, but I do know how often that can happen. And I remember having a message from an old work colleague, actually, who I hadn't spoken to for, you know, a while. And she said that there were a group of mums who um, had made her feel like she was poisoning her baby when she started bottle feeding. And it, it I mean it really broke my heart that she was sort of reaching out to me because you know we we hadn't spoken for you know quite a while and the fact that she felt like she could speak to me I was so happy about but also that she had that you know on the surface a support network you know a group of mums around her who live around the corner and they were making her feel like that and it really really angered me um so you definitely, you know, you don't need people to make you feel guilty. We, we all make ourselves feel guilty enough. You definitely don't need anyone else doing that. Um, and absolutely, just to second what Zoe said, however you feed your baby um, is the right thing to do. So there we go. Um, that looks like a nice place to kind of finish today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sending in all of your questions. We love doing these Friday episodes. Um, and as always, we would ask you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and yeah, a five star would be. That would be fabulous. And please do tell all your um, mum mates about us because we really want to get these podcasts out here and normalise all of the conversations that aren't being had. Um, please do drop us a message at Made by Mamas or on Zoe's own channel if you have any questions or any suggestions of topics that we should discuss on this episode. Uh, as well as topics for the podcast, we'd love you to send across any guests that you think we should be chatting to for our Tuesday episode and we'll make sure we make that happen. We'll see you next week. See you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm